Thanks. Well, that was neat seeing Emerson up there with the worship team, huh? Thanks, Emers. <laughs> sure. I just want to thank you that I feel God said that he heard our praises for him, how pleased he was, and how he's touched our hearts to give our hearts back to him. He is for us, not against us. He loves us with an everlasting love. And when we get to heaven, we'll see him face to face where he can hug us and love us and just be in his precious presence. But while we're here on earth, we can praise and honor him for all he's given to each and every one of us. He loves us forever. And we need to give our hearts to him forever. All the visitors, family and friends that are here today, if you're visiting today, um, it, today's just a little bit different than most of our Sundays. We ha you've seen that we have the noisy Sunday with the pails and put the chain in the pails, the, the change in the pails. <laughs> I didn't see any chains. Um, but it's uh, four times a year, any month that has five Sundays, then we have what's known as the Family Sunday, and Noisy Sunday's part of that. So what we do is we keep everybody in here four times a year, so everybody can be part of the family and part of what's going on. So if you're visiting here today and you have kids, um, I just have to say uh, sorry about today's timing, or thank God for today's timing, but we don't have Children's Church and Nursery and all those things going today, just because it's Family Sunday. But next Sunday, everything will be up and rolling again. So if you have kids here today, just, just know that we all know what it's like to be in family. And sometimes kids get restless when some guy's up there talking for about a half hour. So don't worry about it if you have to talk to your kids, if you have to step out for a second. It's no problem at all. And if you're by parents that have kids here today, could you please pray for them? Because we all know what it's like to have a fidgety kid sitting next to you when you're trying to listen to a sermon. So instead of just thinking somebody should take more control, just pray for them and bless that family that's sitting by you. Amen? All right. So if you have your Bible with you, could you turn with me to Isaiah chapter 53, please? A few of you have remarked today on how casually I'm dressed, and I did that on purpose. Usually I'll have a suit coat or a tie or both or something like that. But today, part of my sermon today is that healing is for everybody. Supernatural healing in the Bible is for everybody every day. Amen? Amen. Sometimes we can get this kind of thinking that um, supernatural healing only happens for like really famous speakers or TV personalities or some guy that's doing crusades through Africa or India or something like that. I'm here to tell you, all of us can pray for healing and believe that it's going to happen. That, that's my message for today. And today I'm going to share just three short stories about Jesus healing people. Because sometimes we, we can get, uh, see if this witness is with you. The devil will come to me and tell me that I'm not getting healed because I didn't do it right or I didn't do it long enough or I didn't pray enough that week. Somehow I don't get healed or the person I prayed for didn't get healed because I'm inadequate. Have, have you ever had anything like that with the devil telling you that's why your prayers aren't getting answered? That's just a big fat lie. 
Because once we're in Christ Jesus, that's how we go to God, through Christ. And he's always adequate. And so Isaiah 53 verse 5 says this, talking about Jesus. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. I I could do a 12-week series on just that one verse talking about those different things and the promises that God gives us just through that one verse and how each one of these things, his wounding for our transgressions, that took care of all the different transgressions we did. He was bruised. He was beaten for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace, the purchase for our peace was put upon him on the cross. And by the stripes that he took when he was whipped with that cat of nine tails, that paid for our healing. I, I could do weeks long, hours on just that one verse. What I'm pointing it out to you guys for is because as I talk about healing today, we're coming through this verse to get healed. I'm going to open up the altar later on for healing. So if anybody has anything they want to get healed of, body, soul, or spirit, Please come on up. I believe God's going to do something amazing today with some supernatural, miraculous healings. Amen? Amen. So we're going to come through Christ. That's why I started there with Isaiah 53, 5, and we're going to end with that same thing. So um, if you want to, like, just put your bullets in there and that. I don't know how many people even have paper Bibles anymore. And please turn with me to Mark chapter 8, please. I carry the paper Bible when I'm at church so I can look up verses if I need to. I have all my notes and my verses here in my notes. But when I'm at home or in my office, I do 99.9% of my studying on the computer, computer software, or on my phone Bible software. So if you're, if you're going through on your phone, amen. That's awesome. You know the great thing in knowing your Bible on your phone and knowing how to use all that? Like when you're at a dentist's office, you're waiting to go in. You can pull your Bible out, and you can be in the, in the Word right there. If you're waiting on doctor's office, you can go right there. If you're waiting for some kind of any other appointment, you can bring your phone out, and boom, you got your Bible software right there. So I'm all for watching, looking at your screen in church, looking at the Bible app. So every one of these stories that I, I cherry-picked out of the Bible for today highlights how unorthodox our Lord Jesus was. You know, a lot of churches, even we have, like, we start out with the meet and greet. Then we have our worship. Then we have this. Then we have that. So when you come to church after three or four weeks, you kind of know what the pattern is. And I think almost every church has that. I've been around people that really consider themselves faith healers, and they had their little, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, and we're going to do this, then we'll have the altar call. Can I just tell you, Jesus didn't operate like that? Jesus didn't have to try to ramp people's emotions up. He didn't have to try to convince nobody of nothing. Jesus knew who he was. He was the son of God. And when he prayed for somebody to get healed, they got healed. I think Jesus went out of his way the other way just to make sure people knew that this is just so crazy. Only God would do this. The way that Jesus heals people in these stories, I promise you, I'm not going to do that today. (laughs) You'll see why. Mark 8, starting with verse 22. Then he came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, he, wait, what? This is a total stranger that comes up to Jesus. Jesus gives him no explanation. They say, hey, would you touch him? So Jesus hocks a loogie on the dude. That's what it says. And when he had spit on his eyes, then he put his hands on him, and he asked him if he saw anything. And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. 
and he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Then he sent him away to his house saying, neither go into the town nor tell anyone in the town. Jesus was getting so mobbed by crowds at this point, it was really getting hard for him to get from point A to point B. So he'd heal people and say, shh, don't, don't tell anybody. It, it really hampers my ministry when I bump into huge crowds. That's the opposite nowadays, isn't it? Nowadays, we, we grade our ministry and our ministry anointing by how big a crowd we can gather. Jesus did the exact opposite. I think it's amazing how sometimes the people around you can slow things down. Did you see the process here? Jesus is going through the town. This guy's friends or the disciples bring this blind guy to Jesus. And Jesus looks around and he leads him away from the group that brought him there. It's like Jesus could see the skepticism in some of the people's faces, some of the people that were by him. And it was like a process. Jesus is going to heal him, but he took him away from that environment into an area where there was more faith. It's amazing. Sometimes the people around us can slow things down. So Jesus led him out of the town. Then look at this process. <laughs> he spit on him and then put his hands on him. He put his hands on him again, and then he tells him, hey, you got to look up. Do you know when people get healed, there has to be two portions of faith anytime someone gets miraculously healed. You have to have the person that's praying has to have faith, and the person receiving has to have faith. Now, you can stand in the gap for someone. So, like, if I came to you and said, hey, I, I have a friend that I work with. He's really sick. Would you pray for him? I'm kind of standing in the gap for that person. I'm believing for him to get prayed, and you're believing for him to get prayed, so you're praying. So there's still two types of faith getting mixed together, the receiver and the giver, all connecting with God for this thing. Jesus comes up to this guy. I mean, I don't want to get too gross, but I don't think he just went like, I think people saw it come out of his mouth and hit this dude in the eye. And then, think how, this is so weird. This is so crazy. Kids, I'm glad you guys are in here. I know kids will appreciate this. Can you imagine she says, oh, would you pray for me? My ankle sore. Whack, right in her eye. And then I smush it in. Wait, what? <laughs> this is what Jesus did. I'm, it, it's right here. He was blind. It wasn't a sore ankle. He spits on him, puts his hand on him. Pulls his hand back. <laughs> so, so what's it look like? He's like, uh, I think I see people, but they might just be trees walking around. I really can't see. So Jesus lays his hand back in that, <laughs> prays for him again, and then he says, look up. Jesus activated his faith when he told him to look up. He could have just said, no, I'm not going to bother. Zero faith would have been, I'm not looking, I don't expect, I'm not looking for nothing. I'm just going to sit here. Don't care. I don't think he would have got healed. Jesus pulls him out of, the, out of town. Jesus spits on him, puts his hands on him, pray for him, checks, still not there, puts his hand back on, prays for him, tells him to look up. What a process. Sometimes we get discouraged. We pray for someone to get healed, and they don't get healed, so then we have to go and pray for them again, and they get a little bit healed. Sometimes there's a process. Even with Jesus, there was a process, four, five, six steps. I want to encourage us today. Jesus is going to heal people here today. I don't care where you think you are in the process. It's through the power of the cross, through Isaiah 53, 5, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Jesus is going to heal some people here today. 
Turn with me to Mark chapter 7, please. Mark 7, we're going to start at verse 31. Still hear a couple pages turning. (laughs) So Mark chapter 7, verse 31. Again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to put his hand on him. And he took him aside from the multitude. Again, sometimes the people around us can hinder us. He took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears and he spat and touched his tongue. What? (laughs) Hold on a second. (laughs) So, Lord, would you pray for him and heal him? Sure, I will. He comes up and goes, whoop, 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 and then touches his tongue. Wait. Are you sure? Verse 32. Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to put his hand on him. He took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. Immediately his ears were opened, and the impediment of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plainly. Then he commanded them that they should tell no one, but the more he commanded them, the more widely it was proclaimed. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. That's so amazing. So I already, like, on that first one, I showed you the process. There seems like there's always a process, even when it's Jesus Christ in the flesh praying for healing, there's still a process. That's just amazing. He took him aside from the multitude. Must have been some skeptics there, some people that couldn't have cared less what was happening in the kingdom. He's like, come on, let's get over here a little bit more faith in this area over here. He put his fingers in his ears and spit in his mouth on his tongue. Is that, is that what it says? He spat and touched his tongue. Okay, so he put his fingers in his ears and then... I'm going to clean it up as best I can, spit on his finger that was just in his ear, and then touch his tongue. I would never try that. (laughs) I'm just, I I don't think anybody here would appreciate me praying for you like that. That's what Jesus did. Wow. Spits on his finger, touches his tongue, or he spit in his mouth and then touched it. It, it, It's not clear. You pick your side. Uh, And then he prayed To be opened, this is what I love. He says two words, be open, shabam. His ears are opened up, his tongue is loosened, this thing. He he never spoke in his life, and when Jesus says be open, now this guy can talk. Because I've seen like medically where people will get implants in their ears and now they can hear, and then they try to talk, and like they're hearing their own voice for the first time, and it's like it, it, it doesn't sound normal just because they, they've never spoke their whole life. It sounds like when Jesus heals you, it sounds like you're right, right off the bat. It's amazing. So what a process. Took him away from the multitude, put his fingers in his ears, uh, touched his tongue with spit, prayed be open, and immediately his ears are open, his tongue was loose, and he spoke plainly. 
Man. So how many of us here have ever been healed miraculously or know someone that's been healed miraculously? Just raise your hand real quick. There's quite a few of us that have experienced this. How many people here would love to experience more of that today? Amen. Come on. I'm wearing jeans and a regular shirt to try to tell you this is common. When we are born again, when we're sons and daughters of the Most High, when Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, this, this should be common in our lives. And I'm not going to pray any of these crazy ways that Jesus did, but I'm going to pray for people in faith and I'm going to expect people to get healed today. Turn with me to John chapter 9. This will be the last story we will look at and then we're going to have a time of prayer. John chapter 9, we're going to start with verse 1. If you look at the last verse in John chapter 8, the last verse says these guys started looking around for stones so they could stone Jesus. As Jesus is passing through, it's a mob now, angry mob, and they're picking up stones because they're going to kill him by stoning him to death. That's the last verse of chapter 8. Verse 1, chapter 9. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, so that he was born blind? Before we look at the actual healing, what Jesus answered, I just want to point something out. This is the Jesus, our, our wonderful Jesus, our Savior, who loves us so much. Can you imagine if you guys are an angry mob, I'm walking through here, and you guys are picking up stones to start stoning me to death. Can you imagine me going, well, hi, are you okay here today? Paul's off to minister to someone that was hurting. That's the Jesus Christ that saved me. That's the Jesus that loves us so much. In the midst of an angry mob that's singing about stoning him, he's still got time for each one of us. Wow. So even when the mob's against him, and even when his disciples are almost clueless about what's going on, Jesus gives them theology 101 about healing. They say, Rabbi, this guy that he was born blind, was it his sin that God knew he was going to do when he grew up, or was it his mom and dad's sin because they were so bad and then God cursed his son? Really? So everything bad in the world that happens is because somebody's the dirty sinner. Right? I mean, how many Christians think that way? We see things happen bad to people around us. So we go, oh, man, he must have been living wrong. Uh-uh. It is because of sin, but it's not because of personal sin. Sin came into the world and broke it. That's why we have so much crazy stuff going on, from pedophiles to some of the other stuff that's in the headlines nowadays. When sin came into the world and our natures were fallen, and this was released into the world, it's still jinky because of sin, overall sin. When you think of cancer, when you think of some of these other horrible things, that's the effect on sin on our world. Jesus, look what Jesus says to him about his, this guy or his parents. Jesus answers, neither this man nor his parents sin, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it's day. The night's coming when no one can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. This is really, really big. Some people say, well, God blinded him so that Jesus combined heal him. That's what, no. 
Jesus said, if a house is divided, it cannot stand. If God had put the blindness on this guy, Jesus would not have been able to heal him. The results of a fallen world affect our health generationally, and sometimes you're born with situations. That's how it is in the world. Sometimes you get in car accidents. Sometimes you have shop accidents if you work in a big shop. There's all kinds of stuff that happen that isn't because of my personal sin. It's because there's a fallen world and things aren't operating perfectly anymore. This is important for us to get to understand this because if we really think God makes people blind or God makes people born paraplegic or God puts bad stuff on people, then he's not a good God. Somehow we have to settle it in our minds that in this broken world, bad stuff happens and Jesus is the antidote to that. When they walk up on this guy and this bad stuff's going on, this man is blind, Jesus says, I get an opportunity to heal him. He didn't go up there and say, well, you, you blinded him, so you really want me to? No, not this one? Okay. It's ridiculous when you think of it that way, isn't it? So we have to settle it in our minds. Stuff happens in a broken world, and it's horrible, and it's full of pain, and sometimes our hearts break for the people around us. <coughs> sometimes our hearts break for us and our families. All of us go through stuff, right? You, that's one of the deepest theological things I can say. Everybody goes through stuff. But the Lord comes and walks with us through those things. So when Jesus came up to this guy who was blind, there's an opportunity for Jesus to heal him so that people can put their faith in him as the divine healer. That's an amazing thing that happened. So he says, look, it, I, I'm going to be crucified here pretty soon. I'm going to be in a tomb for three days. It's going to be totally dark. But right now, while it's light, while I'm in the light, this is the stuff I'm going to do. Because once I'm in the tomb, I'm not going to be able to do anything else. That's what he literally says to them. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Verse 6. When he had said these things, wow, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Now, again, it wasn't a little, and he picks up two pieces. To be able to have a small puddle, enough to you pick this thing up, and you work it and put it on his eyes, that's a loogie. Right? I can't see it any other way around this thing. It blows my mind. It absolutely blows my mind. He said, when, I, when he had said these things, he spat on the ground, made clay with the saliva, clay spit, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated scent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Again, the process. Sometimes the people around you think you deserve it. Who sinned? I, I, I see, Mike, that you got this situation. Is that because of your sin or because your mom and dad sinned? Uh, it's none of that stuff. We live in a broken world. I don't have all the answers of the how comes and the whys and what fors and all. I don't understand all that stuff. But I do understand is my Savior is an awesome Savior that loves me, who never leaves me, never deserts me. He never forsakes me. And through all the adversity I go through in my life, he's always there with me. That's what I know for sure. Your need is an opportunity for God to show his power and his goodness. 
We don't look at it that way sometimes. Sometimes we think, well, I'm going to go ask God to heal me again or breakthrough for this relationship again or, or for a new job or something. I've already bugged him so many times and nothing ever happened. I'm just going to stop. I'm just going to give up with it. I'm telling you, it's scriptural for a process for us to keep pushing in, to get out of situations where maybe there's a lot of doubt and skepticism, get into a place where there's more faith and start talking to God. And even when things don't make sense, don't give up. Keep trusting on this God that you went to in the first place for this miracle. All these people could have said, now hold on a second, get your fingers out of my ears. Right? Hold, oh, you, you ain't putting that mess on me. Right? When he picked up that wad of stuff, he, any of these people could have said that. Instead, they just said, okay, God, I, I'm going to trust you. This, this kind of feels weird. This, this doesn't make sense for but I'm just going to trust you, Lord. Jesus made spit clay. And he put it on the guy's eyes. He says, go and wash in this specific pool. Again, for miraculous healing, you need two sides of the faith. The person praying needs to have some faith, but the person asking has to have some faith. And it's not like this guy has to have 300 pounds of faith and this guy has to have two ounces of faith. You just have to have faith in Christ. There's no other measurement. Do you believe Jesus is who he said he was? The son of God who died on the cross for your sins, who rose on the third day. That's our faith. So simple. Man, he says, go and wash in this pool. Now, this guy had to have been thinking, what's going on here? This dude just made spit mud, wiped it on my face, and now he wants me to go, blind guy, by the way, now he wants me to go about a mile over there to get to this pool to wash. I ain't doing it. I ain't doing any of that stuff. This guy's a nut. I ain't doing it. I still can't see. Okay, that's better though. I'm not going all the way over there. Hey, Joey, g give me your water. Let me just wash my face in water. Nope, I still can't see. It was his faith of going over to that pool that responded to the faith of Jesus praying for him that when the two hit, this dude got healed. Man, it's amazing. It's so amazing. It says, he went and washed in that pool and he came back and he came back seeing so this morning, I'm going to pray for healing. Um, Jeanette, could you come up and, and pray with me? And Gates, could you come up and, and just join me? And we'll be praying for whoever wants to come up. We're going to lay hands on you and agree in faith that Jesus is enough. Simple as that. When Jesus prayed for people, I mean, outside of the, the longest he gave instruction of prayer when he was talking to the one guy was, go wash in the pool of Siloam. The other guy, he said, be opened. The other one, he, he didn't even say anything after they were totally healed. Then he says, okay, now don't go back into that same town. So sometimes when, when people come up and they want us to pray for them, and you're hoping for like a 10-minute powerful prayer, I, I want to encourage you, go back and bask in the presence of Jesus. We're just going to say be healed or just something, maybe one or two sentences. We're going to lay hands on you. We're going to pray for healing because of who Jesus is and what Jesus done. And I just I invite everybody, come on up. If you want healing for anything in your life, you don't even have to tell us what it is. Yeah, we, we can use anointing oil, sure. Um, but just, just come on up. It might be relational healing you need. It might be physical healing you need. Maybe emotional healing that you need. Uh, there's all kinds of healings. So I'm gonna leave that up to you. But we're just gonna pray. If you could put some background music on, please. And we're just gonna come up. We're gonna pray, lay hands on you, pray for you. And if you get healed right now and you know, like, whoa, God just did something in my body, could you please tell somebody here so we can just enjoy the praise reports of what God's doing in our midst right here this morning. So feel free to come on up.